What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? It is Sunday, March uh, 13th, 2022. I'm your host, as always, The Pody. Sorry I couldn't get the episode out on Friday as I normally do, but we're here. It is Sunday. Weather's been crazy. Um, Had to move softball practice indoors. Just a whole bunch of things going on. So it's been a crazy week, but we're finally here. It is Sunday. It is March Madness Selection Sunday. I'm trying to get this pumped out. We have Knicks Nets currently in the third quarter. We've got uh, Richmond uh, battling it out against Davidson for the A-10 championship and the automatic bid that comes with that. We just had Yale knock down number one seeded Princeton in the Ivy League championship game. We've got Texas A&M and Tennessee in the SEC championship game. And coming up a little bit later at 3.30, we've got the Big Ten championship game between Purdue and Iowa. So it is a flurry selection Sunday starting at about 6 p.m. We'll have the women's side a couple hours after that. So brackets being revealed. My team, my alma mater, Rutgers on the bubble. But... Without further ado, um, this is just going to be sort of a quick run through, maybe 30, 35 minute type of episode, because I do want to get these show. uh, I do want to be able to watch the end of these games because, uh, like I said, Rutgers is on the bubble. And if a couple of these teams currently win these these automatic bids in, in these tournament finals right now, then Rutgers could be in trouble. So without further ado, let's jump right in. Okay, so yesterday brought us a flurry of wild and crazy games, yesterday being Saturday, including this 40-foot heave by Iowa's Jordan Bohannon as the shot clock and game was ending. Baseline rubs, five to go, Bohannon way outside, launches the shot, makes it home, (laughs) impossible, And there you have it, Iowa with 1.1 seconds. Jordan Bohannon banked in the three-point shot to give Iowa the win over Indiana. Unfortunately, on Friday afternoon, Rutgers lost to Iowa. Rutgers having the four seed and the double bye could not get the job done. They lost by 10 against Iowa there um, in the quarterfinals, I believe. And it's very unfortunate now because Rutgers sitting on that bubble. Joe Lenardi, last I checked, had them as one of his last four buys in. But things are very fluid right now. There's about six teams vying for four spots, and that could shrink to four teams vying for, uh, you know, two spots should a couple of these teams get in right now with these automatic bids. So everything is fluid. It's crazy. I'm just praying that comes six o'clock, Rutgers has their name announced as into the field because Rutgers, they do... They, they do pass the eye test, in my opinion. Some games, they look awful. Other games, they look great. Um, they have a great defense. They can't score all that much. But uh, when they turn it on and they bring it, as you've seen, they won four straight against ranked opponents as an unranked team. Nobody's ever done that. So, Selection Sunday, we'll get that in just a few hours as we continue. Okay, we also saw yesterday Virginia Tech capture its first ever ACC tournament championship 
The seventh-seeded Hokies toppled Duke and spoiled yet another Saturday night for Coach K in an 82-67 upset win there. Obviously, if you remember back to a week prior, uh, Coach K's final home game was a loss at Cameron Indoor to none other than North Carolina. It was his third largest uh, defeat to a unranked opponent to an unranked opponent in North Carolina there. So for the second straight Saturday, things are spoiled, but Duke is still sitting on that cut line. They could be uh, right around, you know, they're probably going to be a two seed uh, more than likely, but for Virginia Tech, it is their first ever ACC tournament title, and they are the lowest seed as a seven seed to ever win the ACC title uh, tournament championship. So they were a bubble team. They get an automatic bid now. So speaking of these bubble teams, I spoke of Rutgers. Here are, from what I'm seeing, here are the the teams that are on the bubble, the, the six teams that are on the bubble. Rutgers, Wyoming, Oklahoma, Xavier, Notre Dame, and Texas A&M. Now, again, if Richmond beats Davidson for the A-10 title and A&M beats Tennessee, that means there will be four teams vying for just two spots because although Richmond is not on this bubble watch, they are because if they win this game, they get the automatic bid. Davidson would then probably still get in because they were 27 and five. So that's going to take away another spot there. Um, and, and I just pray that AM doesn't win this game. If these two teams don't win, then we're fine. Uh, Davidson holding on with seven minutes to a two point lead and Tennessee is starting to run away on AM. They are up 15. So that's good news for these other bubble teams. Um, Oklahoma, it's going to be tough for them. Xavier, Notre Dame, these are some of the teams that, if I had to guess, um, are going to struggle to get in. I, I think I think Rutgers is safe. From everything I'm seeing, I, I really think Rutgers is safe. They play in a big-time uh, conference in the Big Ten, although I think it's pretty weak this year. Um, just putting it out there, I don't think it's as strong as it's been in previous years. But it's going to be very close. So all we need, Richmond lose and Tennessee uh, beat A&M, and we don't have to really worry, hopefully. Okay, yesterday LSU fired Will Wade for cause after the NCAA delivered the school a notice of allegations that alleges he paid players, attempted to pay others for their silence, and failed to cooperate with the investigation. LSU faces eight level one violations between both football and men's basketball. So LSU is an NCAA tournament team. I believe they went 22 and 11 this year. So what does that mean? Assistant coach Kevin Nickelberry will act as interim head coach for the tournament. And if this sounds familiar, because it did sound familiar to me, it is. Back in the 2018-2019 season, that was the last season right before COVID. So the year before COVID wiped away the tournament, Will Wade was suspended for 37 days and former assistant Tony Benford had to step in as acting coach for the tournament. And I believe I had picked against LSU because I figured with everything going on, they would lose. And I want to say they actually won and, and hurt my bracket a little bit. Okay, Deshaun Watson. A grand jury cleared him of criminal charges related to the sexual assault misconduct allegations in Harris County. Uh, that would be Texas. 
he still does face 27 uh, active civil suits against him of sexual assault and sexual misconduct. But because he was um, the, the federal charges were dropped against him, the criminal charges, he is now expected to draw some serious interest from teams in an active trade market because, of course, he did request a trade during the offseason. And here is uh, Ian Rappaport with a little more on some of the teams in the trade mix for Deshaun. Yeah, things escalated extremely quickly ever since we learned that Deshaun Watson would not be criminally charged on Friday. Nick Casario, the general manager of the Houston Texans, has received offers for Deshaun Watson, strong offers, the kind of offers uh, that he was hoping for. As Tom has mentioned, three first rounders plus is expected to be the ballpark. What we are reporting today is that the New Orleans Saints and Carolina Panthers, Tom, are among the teams that have made strong offers to Deshaun Watson, and they are expected to meet with him soon. The meeting part is important because Deshaun Watson has a no-trade clause. In order to waive the no-trade clause, he wants to talk to these teams. He wants to meet with them. He wants to have an understanding for what they about what they are about, their plans for him. All of those factors. So Deshaun Watson wants to make a decision. He's going to have a meeting uh, with those potential teams. And as of right now, the Saints and Panthers are two of them. So there you have it, the Saints and Panthers. I've also heard that the Seahawks are in the mix for Deshaun Watson as well. More on that in just a bit. Baseball is officially back. Oh, my God. We didn't know if we would get it, but we have, and it is back. So the owners and players have finally ratified a new agreement. It is a new five-year CBA. And here's the thing I'm hearing people say, is this going to happen now every five years? Uh, I really hope not, um, but that's a long ways away, so let's not focus on that. I won't bore you with all the nitty-gritty details, but here are some of the new rules changes that will be taking effect and some will take effect immediately for this 2022 season. Others will take effect next season. Playoffs are expanding this season to 12 teams with three division winners and three wildcard teams. The one-game wildcard is no more. There also won't be a one-game tiebreaker to determine division winners. So we've had that many times. So say like the Yankees and Red Sox tie atop the division at the end of 162 games they would then play a one they would play one game against each other to determine the division winner one would be the division winner one would be the wild card team um or one would be out depending on you know the other standings so that won't happen anymore tiebreakers will be predetermined just like in other sports it's about time baseball um the two division winners will uh, in each league will receive first round buys. We are also finally getting a universal DH. Sorry, Jacob deGrom fans, but he's not as good a hitter as you think. And this is a welcome sight in Major League Baseball because these National League pitchers that are putting up ridiculous numbers as as pitchers, um, well, they they're going to have to show us a little thing or two and be able to pitch now, throw to a 
uh, non-pitcher and a permanent DH. And this brings jobs because now you have a DH, you have a permanent player that can play the DH role, a la that Albert Pujols type of, you know, maybe veteran who can't move out in the field, who's a liability that you could just put strictly as a DH. This is great. And Max Scherzer, you must be very happy. Max Scherzer once tried to bunt and broke his nose. And also Max Scherzer was 0 for 59 at the plate last season. So yeah, I'm sure Max Scherzer is very delighted. Maybe his teammate Jacob deGrom, not so much, but I think the Mets will be just fine in terms of pitching there. Okay. We will have nine inning doubleheaders. Thank you. Not seven inning doubleheaders. And, and there won't be too many of those. I think the doubleheaders are going to factor in in the case of these first couple of series that were canceled just because the negotiations that we're, that we're pushing on. Uh, spring training is starting. The season will start, I believe, April 7th. Um, we'll get Yankees, Red Sox. Th that'll be great. Um, Apple TV Plus will get um, Friday night games, which is going to be cool. They'll have their own little show. If you have Apple TV plus, it will be free for a limited time. Um, I saw Peacock is going to get exclusive rights to like 18 games. So it, it's a little convoluted. It, it's tough because yeah, the younger generation is into streaming and everything, but what now I need all these different streaming services to watch a bunch of games. It's going to be rough, but anyway, back to the rule changes. No, uh, so nine inning doubleheaders, and finally, we're getting rid of this international tiebreaker rule from softball where you start a runner on second base in extra innings. That is gone. Thank you. Um, for Here's some rules that we should see in the 2023 season. Unfortunately, we're not going to get these right away. We will see a ban on shifting. Cue uh, Joey Gallo, maybe Kyle Seeger will come out of retirement. All these guys that hit into the shift. We will see a ban on the shift. Hopefully that brings back more hits, uh, more excitement in baseball, etc. We will get a pitch clock for pitchers. And they are increasing the size of the bases from 15 inches to 18 inches. I saw a side-by-side -side picture. It is a significant um, increase in size. It, the new base looks much bigger. This is obviously so um, they can avoid um, guys sliding into uh, players, you know, uh, uh, fielders. Also, so uh, a lot of times we saw runners trying to steal bases. Well, there's this is hopefully going to increase stolen bases and also prevent guys sliding over bases. We saw that a lot um, in previous seasons. So some welcome changes to baseball and now hopefully this free agent frenzy. So they spoke about that free agent frenzy once this whole CBA and everything was ratified. Michael Kay said, we're going to see a free agent frenzy like no other. We haven't really had a crazy free agent frenzy thus far. Um, we had Carlos Rodon, who had a monster resurgent 2021 season. After a flurry of injuries in his young career, the lefty from the White Sox was a stud for my fantasy team last year. He has signed a two-year $44 million deal with the Giants. Clayton Kershaw, mulling retirement, but he is coming back to the Dodgers on a one-year deal. Last night, we also saw the Mets trade for A's starter Chris Bassett, and just today, the Twins traded for Sonny Gray. Let me say something about the Mets. Their rotation is is looking scary. Um, I mean, if DeGrom stays healthy, Scherzer, now Chris Bassett, I don't know who they're going to round out round that out with, but my goodness, that is a scary, scary group. I'm sure they'll still find a way to screw it up, but if they don't, this team uh, 
could be a dark horse to 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 get to the to get to the World Series. I would not put it past them. It's very scary, and especially um, with Uncle Steve Cohen there and, and his spending spree. Um, you, you never know what he's going to do. We've also got uh, the top free agents still on the bar, uh, market. You've got Correa, going to be interesting to see where he goes if he lands with the Yankees or somewhere else, but he's done in Houston. You've got Freddie Freeman. I'm hearing talks that he could end up with the Dodgers, which would be just awful. Uh, Trevor Story, Chris Bryant, and Nick Castellanos. And of course, there are others. Um, follow Jeff Passan, uh, you know, Ken Rosenthal, all these guys if you want to find out more. Okay, the Browns. Let's jump over to football now. The Cleveland Browns have a new number one wide receiver, and that is Amari Cooper. The Browns and Cowboys finalized a trade that will send Amari Cooper to Cleveland for a fifth-round pick. The teams also swapped sixth-round picks, Dallas saving themselves $16 million, and they get a fifth-round pick for a guy they were likely going to cut anyway. Um, after trading Odell to the Rams, the Browns were left without a star wide receiver. And let me check my notes. Yeah, their leading receiver last year was Donovan Peoples-Jones. So this was a great move, a no-brainer move really for them, whether it works out or not, because all they gave up was a fifth round pick. And this makes me angry and it makes me wonder why the Jets were not in on this. I would have traded a third round pick for Amari Cooper because the Jets are terrible. And I and I head to Twitter and I see people talking and they're like, oh, well, here you go. The the Jets, you know, going into the season, they could have they're going to have Corey Davis, Elijah Moore. And, and, you know, they could draft the top a wide receiver in one of the first couple rounds. And. But guess what, guys, it never works for the Jets. Corey Davis and Elijah Moore could not stay healthy last season. The Jets are still the worst team in the NFL, in my opinion, when it comes to tight end production. They have zero tight end production year in and year out. They have an O-line that they need to shore up. I just don't understand what would possess Joe Douglas and Robert Sala and these guys to not pursue Amari Cooper. I just don't understand it. You have two top 10 picks in the draft. Are you going? Does this mean you're going to take a wide receiver? Are you going to take Chris Olave? Are you going to take Wilson? Are you going to take one of these top tier wide receivers with one of your first picks? Because by not going after Amari Cooper, this tells me that you're either very, very stupid or you're going to take a wide receiver in the first round. And I'll give them the benefit of the doubt for right now. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Okay, let's talk about ESPN for a second. A couple weeks ago, Joe Buck, uh, excuse me, Troy Aikman left Fox for ESPN, okay? He left Fox and he went to ESPN in a big time deal, all right? That was a very big time deal and it was in the neighborhood of five years and what, 90 million was the report? And there were talks about who was going to be his new partner. Who were they going to go out and get? Well, we don't have to ponder anymore. Joe Buck is officially leaving Fox for ESPN. He will join Troy Aikman, his former partner, which they didn't miss a beat, uh, for Monday Night Football. This is a slam dunk for ESPN. This reported deal for Joe Buck 
could be in the five-year, 60 to $75 million range. An interesting factoid here, Aikman and Buck are the second longest tenured NFL broadcast duo of all time behind none other than Pat Summerall and John Madden. And in case you missed it, the Broncos traded for Russell Wilson in a blockbuster deal on Tuesday. Denver's Super Bowl odds rose to 12 to 1, tied for fifth best in the NFL. They traded a bevy of picks along with a few players, Drew Locke being one of them, Noah Fant being another one. Um, it was three players and I think like three picks. So very interesting move there for Russell Wilson to go uh, to head over to the AFC West, a really stacked division with the likes of Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. You've you've also got a um, a rising young Justin Herbert and the L.A. Chargers. You've also got Derek Carr still there with the with the uh, Vegas Raiders. Of course, they were just in the playoffs, so it's going to be interesting. I do think Denver right now with Russell Wilson could potentially be that second best team in that division and could easily make the playoffs. I wouldn't give them fifth best odds to win a Super Bowl. I just, I don't know. I have to see that uh, work out first bef before I, I make a, a a decision on that. But yes, the, on the day that Aaron Rodgers returned to Green Bay and the Broncos lost out and Broncos fans were just disgusted, it immediately turned to elation when they found out that John Elway had a backup plan and it was Russell Wilson. With a win over the Heat on Wednesday, the Suns became the first team in the NBA to clinch a playoff spot this season with, I believe, 16 games remaining. Just absolutely ridiculous. Um, I forgot to mention last on last week's episode, it was the one thing I forgot to mention, but last week, uh, Sunday... Uh, debuted on HBO, the new series Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. That was, uh, I haven't gotten a chance to watch the first episode, but the first two episodes should be out as of today. I know my dad watched it. Um, so I know there was a lot of controversy the way they portrayed Jerry Sloan and all these different things and, and, and whatnot. But uh, yeah, so that, that should be that should be a fun one. I will probably try to watch that at some point this week. All right, what you want to watch this week, you have the, the men's and women's NCAA tournament fields will be revealed within two hours of each other starting tonight at 6 p.m. So that's about three hours from now. Ladies and gentlemen, March Madness is officially upon us. As of tonight, brackets will be revealed. So that is always extremely exciting. Um, you want to be there. You want to watch that to see if your team gets in, to see which teams get the one seeds and, and where, you know, what teams uh, get basically um, get what seeding and, and what, what are the biggest snubs going to be. All right, I'm watching this Davidson and Richmond game. Richmond looks like a really tough, good team. They're 22 and 12. They don't win this game. They're not going to get in more than likely. And a team like Rutgers, who, what were they, 18 and 12, 18 and 13, could possibly get in. Um, but that's just a product of being in a lesser, you know, subdivision in, in the Atlantic 10, a non-Power 5 conference. That's that's what's going to happen with some of these schools that had really good records in non-Power 5 conferences. The Players' Championship is currently underway. 
Um, I saw a couple guys, including Hoagie, tied atop the leaderboard there. Um, we can double check actually what's going on there with the leaderboard currently. Let me jump over to the ESPN app. Okay, you've got Sam Burns at the top there. Um, let's see. You've got Sam Burns, Tom Hoagie, Harold Varner. The third is at six under. Eric Van Royen, Tommy Fleetwood, a couple back there. The conditions were absolutely insane yesterday. Guys were hitting balls into the water at an alarming rate. You had guys hitting six irons, six irons from 135 out. If I was 135 out, I am not ashamed to say this, I would be hitting probably a nine iron or a pitching wedge. And normally when these guys are 135 out, yeah, they would probably hit a pitching wedge or not. No, they would probably hit some sort of gap wedge or, or, or something like that. Right. Because these guys are much stronger and can hit the ball much further than we can. So you could tell the wind was insane. They didn't know what to do, what clubs to use. And they were just hitting the ball left and right into the water. It was insane, insane, insane. So this is going to be a really, really interesting finish. I'm um, looking over Tennessee with two minutes left is up 61.48. So there we go. Hopefully that that secures um, one more spot there for these bubble teams. Um, A&M, man, they're in trouble. They might they might get in. They might not. It's it's going to be hard to see. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's it's bubble time. It's here. And I'm all excited. I'm excited for it. All right, this was a bit of a painless episode. We get to our final segment, as always, on this date in sports. March 13th, 1999, Charles Barkley joined Wilt Chamberlain and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the only players at the time with 20,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, and 4,000 assists. And as I do that, let's switch on over really quickly to the Nets and the Knicks game. The Nets are up by four, 90 to 86 in the fourth quarter. Durant, I thought, just got fouled um, at the rim. They didn't call it, and the Knicks are in transition right now. This should be a good game. I'm going to edit up this podcast real quick, get it uploaded while I watch the finish of these couple of NCAA games and this Knicks and Nets finish. Listen, Nets, um, they're sitting in the eighth seed right now. They didn't get much help last night after the Nuggets blew it against the Raptors, who are the seventh seed. The Nets need to jump the Raptors. They're two and a half back, but their last two games have been statement wins. They beat the Sixers. Not only did they beat them, they pummeled them. They brought the house down. That was an old-fashioned bring the Sixers behind the woodshed and just demolish them. James Harden should be ashamed of himself. He didn't show up. He shot three of 12, had 11 points, a bunch of turnovers, and the Nets played probably their best game of the season. And it was a statement in Philly where Ben Simmons was getting booed out of his mind. The Nets walked in there and they pounded the crap out of the Sixers. And I'm all here for it. And listen, James Harden wanted that smoke and he couldn't handle it. And this is the knock on Harden. He doesn't play good in big games. And we'll see what happens comes playoffs. But right now, everybody wants a Nets and Sixers playoff series. I don't think the Sixers want that. 
after that game, I don't think they want that because the Nets won that game with Kyrie and Durant and no Ben Simmons. And they're going to get Ben Simmons back very soon. Also, this mandate is about to be lifted, or I, I, I should say it, sh- it better be lifted because Kyrie Irving needs to play in the postseason. The only caveat to this whole thing is, is, is uh, Toronto. Canada has not lifted their mandate. So if Kyrie Irving has, if the Nets have to go into Toronto for that eight versus seven matchup in the play-in, the Nets will have no Kyrie Irving. But if they get Ben Simmons back and they have KD and Ben Simmons, I don't feel bad about that. Um, I, I don't, you know, want that to be the case, but I think they would be okay if that does happen. As Claxton gets the and one, Nets go up three, pending the, uh, the foul shot on the assist from Durant. So guys, about 28 minutes long this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I went through things a little bit quickly. Hit me up what you think is going to happen with MLB this season. Um, Are you going to watch or are you disgusted? Are you trying to protest because of this whole lockout thing? Um, Are you mad at the owners or the players for trying to get too much money? Where do you think guys like Correa and Freddie Freeman are going to end up? Let me know. my schedule coming up from this is going to be interesting. Um, I'm expected to be on the Glorious House of Gains podcast this Thursday. I was invited back as one of the original, um, I wouldn't say host, but I was, of course, the Pody, the producer of the show um, for Robert Frank. And now that he's back and healthy, had a successful surgery, his J-Pouch surgery um, to reverse his, his, um, his, his uh, digestive tract, his colon, basically. So, um, yeah, that's, I'm looking forward to that. He invited me back. So that should be a fun time on Thursday. And then it's all softball from here on out, um, Monday through Saturday. Our season starts next Saturday. Um, as Patty Mills just drains a three nets, go up six. Very good there with eight minutes left. Yeah. So, uh, I don't want to drone on, but I'll keep trying to, to output episodes, um, with March Madness starting too, it's going to be very difficult because everybody's, you know, nobody wants to listen to me during March Madness. So uh, plus games on Thursdays and Fridays, Saturdays, Sun, you name it. It's just going to be mayhem and, and, and a just frenzy for the next, what, two, three weeks, however long March Madness is. So um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, without further ado, I'm the Pody. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Um, hope your teams get in, your colleges get in, and good luck the rest of the way for everybody that is going to make a bracket. And also, I always run one on Yahoo. It's $20. Hit me up if you're interested. I could send you an email. You can join. You can Venmo me, PayPal me, whatever the case may be. But it's one of the best times of the year for March Madness and the tournament challenge. So I'm the Pody signing out. I'll hopefully see everybody next week. Take it easy.